Hello and welcome to another episode of the Corgi Town USA podcast. I am Candy, owner of the podcast and lifestyle brand. In my lap is Chuckles, our spokes Korg. At my feet is his bro for Mortimer. In studio, we also have Booger and Hammer, as well as Digby. Yes, Digby is here. And Digby's mom. And Digby's mom, Catherine, is here as well. Hi, everybody. Hi, my fans. Yes. I have fans. You do have fans. Apparently. Yeah, you do have fans. If anyone was able to come out to the Corgi Nationals um, this past year, we are in year 2023 of our Lord, then you would have been able to meet Catherine. And Eric. Eric, you know, being around that many dogs, because Eric is a dog person, mm -hmm. um, I... I pride myself in someday being the crazy cat lady actually <laughs> and i love my corgi and i love my dogs um and eric was just in his glory i could not we all were we were surrounded by corgis man we were surrounded well surrounded by dogs yeah, you know he had sure. he had lost his precious we had lost our precious weekend just a, about a month before mm -hmm. and um and the energy of the dogs healed his heart so yeah, yeah it, really it good crew really good crew and it was so much fun yeah and i have such amazing pictures of digby in the foam yes digby stuff. loved the foam no he did not he did <laughs> he not. didn't love the foam i thought he, he loved did, the foam no he he just kept looking at me like please please make it stop oh and pictures he, looked like he loved the foam well that's because he likes to look pretty for mommy <laughs> he was posing he was posing but <laughs> he, he just he kept he kept doing the that's like funny. a teenage girl <laughs> <laughs> well he looked like he enjoyed the phone he we didn't did. make it over there we were we were uh talking to our fans chuckles was meeting meeting his fans so yes he was if you were at the nationals thanks for stopping by our booth you perhaps met cat or co-host she doesn't get to make it to very many events so we were very grateful to have her and digby there as well um yes. and you would have gotten to meet chuckles our spokes Korg. uh he's at most of the events that we can make so if you didn't make that Come, come on back to a Corgi event. We try to be there with Chuckles every time we can. So indeed, let's talk about summer safety. Yes. Yeah. So we here at Corgi Town USA are in Arizona, which is scorching summers. Very, very. And if, specifically Phoenix. If if we were up in Flagstaff, we would have normal weather. More mild. Yeah. More mild. Well, we, the Valley of the Sun. So we don't lose a lot of heat towards the evening and late at night because it just kind of traps it in the mountain valley. It does. And we have 300 some odd days of sunshine a year, which I personally love. Uh, but obviously there are some health risks that come with that there are a lot of very very hot days uh, a number of years ago in 2020 one of the worst summers ever um it, we had more days over 110 degrees 2020 was just awful can we cancel it can yeah we, just, like, we can, cancel, we can 2020? Just cancel 2020 i was convinced that the heat was going to burn COVID out we weren't we didn't get so lucky there no <laughs> Well, let's talk about summer safety with your pet. So Absolutely. most of us know there's a chart that's floating around the internet that shows what the temperature is outside and what that temperature is on cement and pavement. Yes. And I, I don't want to substantiate that because I don't know how accurate that actually is, but I do like the litmus test of take your shoe off and put your foot on the concrete. If it's too hot for you, it's too hot for your pup. Oh yeah. Every once in a while I will go from the front door over to the garbage um, pails to toss something out. And I just think to myself, self, you know, you can just run over there. And then I'm like, oh, why did I choose to do that? So if you're sitting there going, why did I choose to do that? That's what's going on with your dog. Hard for your pup. 
Yeah. And we talk about, I mean, exercise, of course, all the dogs need exercise. Most yes. grown dogs need at least 50 minutes of exercise per day. So if that's walking, hard play, things like that. So here it's a little difficult. If you don't get out early morning or extremely late at night, we can't right. even really do nine, 10 o'clock. It's still hundred no, degrees. No, it's still very hot. But if we don't get out early in the morning, uh, we don't get our walkies that day. We have to do some inside play ball and some mind games and things like that. So and especially for corgis, as we all know, yeah. they they need that that brain activity and they need work. Yes, they're they absolutely need strong work. work drive. And that's being a trainer. That's kind of important for all dogs. Your working dogs definitely get most fulfillment out of doing engagement enrichment games, which we've done a few episodes on that with yes. some behaviorists. And so that's a different kind of exercise. You have mental exercise, always important. Doesn't matter what the weather is inside, outside. You, we have puzzles and we've given you different ideas, um, hiding treats and blankets and rolling them up and letting them find that just those kind of things to keep them busy. But when it comes to physical exercise, we actually, for the most part around here, I retire it. We don't really walk in the summertime unless we're able to get, we'll, we'll play ball inside and we'll do certain things like that. Let them frap around with their friends. We'll do meetups at the pool for swimming. Yes. Those are good ones, but we don't really walk in the summertime here. I had a veterinarian tell me, and I've never forgotten it, that maybe exercise even eliminated in the summertime. Not that I'm signing up to that, but what the vet was trying to explain to me is that getting too hot is more dangerous than missing a few days of walking. Right. And what we do, um, be because I'm on an acre, we have our path that we walk and we walk around and it's all dirt. So that's good. But it you is, go early. We go early. Mm -hmm. And then in the middle of the day, we just do a quick walk and, and do what needs to be done. Um, he also likes to go over by the chickens. Uh, we have We have chickens and uh, he likes them. They like him. And so we do that. They are, they are faster um, exposures outside at night. Now, at right now, it's cooler at night. Um, it won't be for very much longer. So he'll sit outside with us and just enjoy the night air. Um, and you're monitoring him. You're out there with him. You know, if you get, if it gets exactly. too warm. He, he is never left alone outside. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. Th so let's talk about paws. We know that paws can blister now that we've talked about the surface heat. So of course there are different kind of shoes and things. Not all dogs are going to tolerate that. No, it's going to take, hates it. yeah, it's going to take a lot of work to get them okay with it. And, uh, you can train that for them. There are some that I recommend more than others. The type of balloon type, I know you can use those, but they actually lose heat through their feet so they can actually overheat in other ways. And that's what I started out with before I, I knew better. And I've so used them now, on chuckles as well. Yes, yeah. And, and so now it's, it's time to get new shoes. Yeah. So uh, now they have Crocs, which for dogs, they have Crocs for dogs. They're, they're just about as visually unappealing as they are to humans in my personal opinion interjection there, but they do make those and they actually I look like a really good solution. Crocs. They look like a good solution because they have some air circulation, but they also protect the end. They protect the bottom, the, the paw pad. So there are different options for shoes, uh, but make sure that it's a breathable shoe. So mm -hmm. let's say if it's something like 85 degrees, maybe not too hot to go on a quick 15 minute walk with your dog, right. but you don't want their paws to get too hot and you don't have a lot of grass or shaded areas, then I would say look for a breathable shoe. Don't get one that's going to prevent them from losing heat. So yes, as somebody who who's worn Crocs in the past, I don't have any anymore. Well, oh no, I, I do. My outside garden shoes are Crocs. 
uh, closed Crocs, even the open ones are not that breathable. Really? They, because they are that plastic, that rubber. Oh, they're yeah. not ridiculous on the bottom. They're not ridiculously breathable. Okay. Maybe so, like hammer sneaks that he wears for his hammer heart. sneaks yeah. might be cool. Yeah. Yeah. So hammer has degenerative myelopathy. If you're new here, he uses a wheelchair and we have to practice. We have to protect his little feeties if we walk on concrete because they drag. Those yes. those back feet don't work very, very well. So okay, now that we've talked about we've talked we're talking about now that we've talked about paws, let's talk about how your dog overheats a lot quicker than you do, yes. and it can happen fast. Yeah. Not only are they covered in fur, but dogs that have undercoats, the oh, undercoats yeah. are very important for temperature regulation, which is why there's a big kind of hoopla about shaving and not shaving with the dog with undercoat. You don't want to do that because an undercoat helps them regulate their temperature. And yes. that's in heat and in cool weather. It helps keep them warm and also helps them dispel heat as it gets warmer. I would say it's like it's like wool because people will think that wool for us humans, um, wool is, uh, oh my gosh, I'm not going to wear wool in the summer. Uh, no, wool helps keep you cool in the summer and toasty toasty in the winter. Okay. I didn't know wool was like that. You taught me something today. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's the kind of important thing is that your dog will overheat quicker than you are. And I'm not a veterinarian, so please take that into effect, but I can recognize when a dog is getting too warm. Of course, when they start to pant, that's how they lose heat. Panting is not concerning initially. If you've been on a, on a brisk walk and they're panting, of course they are. They're trying to cool their body off and catch their breath. That's perfectly normal. Me too. You want to make you want to pay attention to excessive panting. These yes. are ways that dogs express distress. So not only could they be getting too hot, they might also be in pain or extremely uncomfortable. Right. So that's one thing you want to pay attention to. Um, their eyes will get kind of glassy if they're too hot. Mm -hmm. You can feel if their paw pads by touch is not really a great method of feeling, but you can also tell, you know, are they losing heat? Are they really hot? Just another additional indication. Um, Obviously, plenty of water all the time. That goes for mommy and daddy and the little baby. Yeah. And your little fur babies. All of you need water. Yeah, for sure. And we want to make <clears throat> sure as we're exercising for warmer environments, you want to increase the uh, ability. You want to increase water by at least three times. It just unlimited. They need to have as much as they can get. And if you can get them wet, even better. Helps cool them off just like with us. So... Keep in mind, pay attention to them. If they seem like they, they're getting too warm or they're panting for a long time and not cooling off, please get them to a cooler area as much. Some of this might seem like sort of proverbial low-hanging fruit, like, well, duh. So we don't mean to give you obvious. These are just kind of helpful summer tips for things that maybe you didn't, oh, they, they've been they've been panting for a while. Things to pay attention to. Absolutely. Make Absolutely. sure that they're cooling off. And we, we believe in all of you parents that, of course, your baby, you love them and you want them to be safe. So this is just helpful information, not preachy at all. So take it with a grain of salt for what that is. But swimming. Swimming. Yeah. So uh, Hammy loves his swimming. Hammer does well swimming. Hammer does that for his hydrotherapy, um, trying to keep the muscles that he has left that haven't degenerated. We swim a lot. Um, the boys don't love it so much, but we do have the water park that we like to go to sometimes yes. that has a zero entry and they love that because they have control of their in and out versus the step. Yes. I remember the first time I took Digby to the beach. Did not like the beach. He's not a water dog. He is not a water dog. Um, what we did do, uh, because we almost had a an, an incident um, last year, uh, Digby 
fell into water and we were able to grab him right away. And it was not a situation where he should have been in the water. Uh And, um, and so uh, we have, he now has a little life vest. Yes. So that when we take him up to grandma and grandpa's and uh, grandma and grandpa live on the Puget Sound. And when we take him on the boat, which we plan on doing, um, he has a little life vest and he is just the cutest thing. He's cute in his life um, vest. Be sure to get your life vest um, from a reputable boating store. I would say that's where we really? we got we got ours at a boating store. Hmm, okay. Um, and uh, yeah, and it, it, we ended up ordering it online. Don't don't go for the cheapest brand. It was, it was not inexpensive. Yeah. Um, they last a long time though. They will last a very long time. And, um, Hey, his safety is everything. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think Cameron's on his third or fourth one, Yep. but that's, I recommend that there, there is a, there's the idea that dogs inherently know how to swim and that's actually false. Yes. Uh, many need to be taught how to swim. Some inherently do. They just get it just like people some of us have our gifts and we're good at things and not good at things and have to be trained. Most dogs need to be taught how to swim effectively. So I'm very pro-life fest. I would get your dog used to wearing one if you're going to be anywhere near water or swimming. Even if they're a strong swimmer, I'm very big proponent of life vests. If they're a swimmer or not, try to keep them from not going down further than we want to because drowning is scary for everyone involved. That's right. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's a that's a dirty word. But I also want to throw in, you're talking about fresh water. So there's also blue-green algae. I don't know how many of our uh, listener viewers are familiar with this, but blue-green algae is a phenomenon that happens. And I think they get it actually in the ocean sometimes. But in freshwater, it's typically you can see it. And it's a floating blue-green type of algae. It is deadly toxic. It's not good for you. Um, definitely not good for your dog and the toxicity happens quickly. Um, so that's something to watch out for. If you're in an area and you want to go to the lake or you want to go to the river and swim with your dog and get in the water, I believe there are environmental resources typically that will report if it's been known to be in that body of water. I don't know that that's steadfast though. If you're in another country, you may not have that information. I'm not sure how they keep track of that. And also, Maybe there, even though it's not reported. So definitely um, take a look at the condition of the water. If you see some blue green type of um, some type of algae floating, I would probably avoid it for safety. Absolutely, Um, it's it's very very highly toxic and uh, could be very tragic accident. And again, not to scare anybody, it's just a cautionary tale. Uh, You want to look into that water before you let them swim into it if it's not some sort of municipal water or someone's private pool. Right, and you um, U.S. Coast Guard. Uh, even lakes. Uh, we are again here in Arizona, and uh, and uh, yeah, the Eric Coast Guard. I, Coast Guard. Yeah, Eric there. and I sail. Uh, guess what? We get our reports from the Coast Guard, and we sail here on lakes. So, and did they report about blue green algae? Um, you know, I have not looked for that okay. because we have not taken Digby out yet. And I, I think that they might, or they might have some resources where you can get information about blue green algae. So, look to the U.S. Coast Guard first. Um, they have tremendous information including currents your local state to your local state um state by state coast guard has state by state um state by state regulations are not as far as water goes uh could be better than coast guard could be arizona less than coast guard so stick with coast guard 
Um, they can also tell you about currents so that you know about that when you're taking your dog out. Um, they can, you'll know all of those things. So as you said, if you're not in a pool in an enclosed, very monitored environment, I would go to the U.S. Coast Guard and find out more. If you're in the U.S. <laughs> if you're in the U.S. Yeah, the other countries, if you have input, please feel free to share it in the comments. Yes. Um, help our listener viewers that might be in other countries or traveling to other countries with their pet. And let us know if you have resources where you look. Indeed. Yeah. So now that we've talked about swimming, I want to bring up aspiration. So this is, and I, again, I am not a vet, but I will share what a vet has told me. Yeah. And this was new to me. So dogs that like to bite at the sprinkler or bite at the hose. And, and that's a Corgi thing. Corgis love that. You spray. <laughs> they like uh, to bite. Uh, cattle dogs. Um, one of Eric's dogs, I think it was JJ used to love to bite at the water that Just, came out. Yeah. 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 came out. And, and that's pretty common and that's pretty normal. It's fun for them. What is this yes. thing shooting at? I'm going to bite at it. What I've been told by a veterinary professional is you want to monitor that very closely. So if they enjoy doing that, let them have their fun, but pay attention in between. Make sure that they're not aspirating that, that they're not breathing it in. Um, take frequent breaks. So bite, bite, bite. Take the hose away a little bit. Let them kind of run around, get their air come back, bite, bite, bite. So take frequent breaks. Don't do it for a elongated period of time. And also empty stomach. Empty stomach. Yes. If they have eaten, and this is for any kind of exercise, the recommendation is actually two solid hours between a meal. But if they have eaten recently, try to keep them away from water because they're, they have a higher risk of aspirating because their abdomen is a bit distended even if you can't see it with undigested food there is less room in the chest cavity for them to be able to breathe in okay. that is what has been told to me by a medical professional again i'm not a vet but nope. i've been told that by a no. vet so um just keep in mind those are some things to just kind of pay attention so if you're listening or you're watching and you have a pup that likes to do that just be mindful of those um, obviously we all watch them very well I will tell you, having had as many corgis as I have, I am extremely fastidious. I have a very close, watchful eye. They still get into things. Things still happen as much as Always. we watch. So I would never judge anyone if there's an accident. These are just things to for you to watch out for. Yeah, whose child, whose child swallowed the giant rock? I mean, really. And I was right there. Yeah. They, so. I, I swear half of the health of the dog is keeping things out uh, of the dog. Yes, indeed. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. So as you are venturing out, um, you want to pay attention to these things, uh, you know, make sure that they're not getting too hot. Are they panting too heavily? Are they panting too long? Please make sure you have plenty of water. It's not just a dehydration risk. It's also that that water helps their body cool down more. Right. You want to protect their feet from hot pavement, but you also want them to be able to breathe because they do lose heat through their feet. Yep. If they have an undercoat, please leave that undercoat. That helps them regulate that temperature. Just brush it. <laughs> again and again and again and again, again if and it's again a corgi. And, again and, again and, again and then and again, again and again. <laughs> and get more and more fur. I don't know how they're not bald. I know, right? <laughs> it somehow is the never-ending fur factory on the coat of a corgi. Yes. Um, but those undercoats do help them with temperature regulation. And again, not vets. These are information that we've been taught by our veterinary professionals. So please know that you can substantiate these facts um, with your, your own vet 
um, feel free to call and ask them their additional tips. But yes, protect those feet, protect those paw pads, and use something that is breathable so that they don't lose heat or so that they can lose the heat that they need to so they don't overheat. And while swimming, please put them in a life vest, whether they're strong swimmers or not, anytime you are going to be around a body of water. Yeah. Hey, I used to be a lifeguard. I still wear the life jacket on the boat. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, and I've, I've done water rescues. I'm a very strong swimmer. Life vest. Don't risk it. Yeah. You could be pushed in or they could fall in. And those are just things that help them not sink. And we don't want them sinking. So, (laughs) And so, yeah, uh, pay attention to when they've last eaten versus when you're going to be in the heat or exercise or around water. Yeah. And when they are wanting to play with the hose or sprinkler as well. We hope that this helps you. Yeah, indeed. And if you have other water summertime health safety tips, please feel free to drop them in the comments. We want to share with everyone helpful information. Again, we're not here to treat, diagnose. We are just here to give you some helpful tips on paying attention on the most safe adventures with your pup. We want you to go out there and enjoy the summertime. Oh, and one last thing, sun protection. Sun protection. Dogs can sunburn. Dogs can sunburn just because they have all that thick fur, even corgis, just because they have that thick fur does not. How does the sun get near that? It just penetrates. Those UV UV rays go right through hair strands. UV rays. UV rays. Yeah. So uh, sun protection, shade, of course. There are some products uh, that you can get for sun protection for the snoot uh, because the snoot in the ears and some of those, yeah, some of those uh, body parts are always exposed. Uh, There are products you can get. And you can look for those to protect those pieces. But, you know, I'm a big fan of just, you know, nice thin shirt, something to put over their back if you're going to be out in the sun to kind of keep it. They have some beautiful uh, SPF fabrics that are light and silky and, you know. We also have doggy shirts on our website that have chuckles on them, Corgi Town USA. Those are adorable. (laughs) Wear those around on your your afternoon walk in the sunshine. Help protect that skin. Not UV, but it will help with shading. So it does help. Yeah. So we hope this helps. Again, let us know in the comments if you have any additional um, fun and summer safety. But meanwhile, enjoy the pool this summer. Enjoy the barbecues. Enjoy the time with your pet. Like and subscribe if you like this video. We have all things Corgi and we usually have guests. So this is just our little cat and candy like to talk sometimes. Yeah. um, You know what? You said something and something just occurred to me. So I'm going to I'm going to cut in. We can't watch the doggies around the barbecues. People think that don't have pets. Oh, it's great to feed them anything and everything. We, oh, meat. Dogs love meat. Well, yeah, they do. And not the barbecued meat, not the meat. Well, some people, not our listener viewers. Not our listener viewers. uh, (laughs) They need to watch their friends, their family. Mm -hmm. Um, the pancreatitis risk, high fat content. Um, the spices that you put on it, the uh, we onions, onions, garlic, garlic, the, the um, we did an entire episode on the chip bags, mm-hmm. yes, and they're put them in containers with put, lids, bring them with you. Those chip bags will suffocate an animal. And um, our our dear friend and corgi mama, uh, Mina, it, who uh, whose corgi comes to work with her, mm-hmm. um. She has a little sign on him that says, please do not feed me because they were having a problem with, again, GI issues, 
allergies, your friends, your family, strangers, they think that they're being adorable. They think that they're being nice and lovely. Um, they don't know. So please be very, very careful, especially around barbecues mm -hmm. with, with your little pups. Yeah. Yeah. They can get into some stuff that's not good for them. Absolutely. So watchful eyes and, uh, taking a village and letting the village know to also have a watchful eye and not feed freely. That's right. Now we can, now we can close. Now we can close. Okay. Well, we will see you next week. A new episode, Corgi Town USA from Candy, Chuckles, Mortimer, Booger, Hammer, Cat, and Digby. Digby the Doof. We'll see you next week. Bye.